Would you like to live a healthier, happier, and more fulfilled life? Cultures from all over our planet have been addressing that concern for thousands of years, and their answers can help you in your life today. Join anthropologist and healer Robert Vetter as he introduces you to cultures of health and healing. Get ready now to try out some healing beliefs and practices from far and wide. Here's the host of your show, Robert Vetter. Welcome back, my podcast family. I'm lucky here to be together again with Kevin Nathaniel for our third installation, where we're going to pick up on a story that you uh, were working us through the last time about how this music just caught you on fire. So can you pick up where we left off, Kevin? Yeah, that story actually uh, was um, left off sort of in Seattle, where I was there during the summer. And it became clear to me that this music was something, something extra was going on, something more than just, um, uh, something more than just music that you could enjoy, music that you could enjoy and dance to, and and, and love for the fact for the fact that it was music. There was there was another thing happening here. <laughs> this is clear to me. So this is why I felt that I had to get involved with this uh, this kind of music. And, uh, and it's, it, that takes me to that summer in Seattle. And I came back to New York and, um, and I, 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 oh, I mentioned this already in the story about how I went, worked with several people who uh, knew how to tune them beers. And then I had to go, bounce back to Detroit, my hometown, and stay there about uh, around 1984, I guess that is. I was in my hometown some two years after I'd been to New York for the first time. And while I was in Detroit, uh, I'd had I'd hurt my leg, and so I couldn't work or do anything. So I, uh, my parents told me to come stay with them for a while. So while I was in Detroit, I built embiras, and I built really, really great embiras because I'd had all this practice, and of course I'd messed up quite a few. So I was uh, building these really great embiras, and um, one mysterious thing led to another. Um, I'll tell you this. I'll try to capitalize this mysterious story. And that's that when I was in Detroit, after my leg healed, I went to help my father out. And my father had me run errands for him. And I ran into this one place where they had Embiras and Kalimbas all on the walls. And it was a gallery in Detroit. And I said, well, you know, I'm really interested in these Embiras and Kalimbas. Can you tell me who makes them? Because I want to contact this person. And that was the days before the internet. So they said, no, we can't tell you who makes them. You bring us a letter and we will send the letter to the person. And then when they respond, we'll tell you, you know, how to reach out to them or how to connect, or we'll connect you with them. So I, uh, I said, sure, who do I make the letter to? They said, Goshen Art School. Okay, great. So I, I was gonna do something smart. I went and found a, a barren guide to colleges and uh, flipped through there and decided to look for Goshen's Art School. Goshen Art School. In the meantime, I also prepared that letter for the store. So, but I uh, looked up and found Goshen. I didn't find Goshen Art School. I found Goshen College. And I said, oh, this must be it. So I called Goshen College and somebody picked up the phone and said, um, I said, hey, I mentioned those Embiras and Kalimbas that I saw you guys had in this gallery in downtown Detroit. And they said, Embiras uh, and Kalimbas, you're interested in that? He said, well, I'll tell you what, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm going to put you in touch with Mary Oyer. She's a professor here 
and she is very interested in beers. So uh, I was put in touch with Mary Oria, and Mary Oria says, uh, hey, you're interested in beers? Oh, wow. And all this time, check this out, all this time I'm thinking I'm talking to Goshen Art School, right? So she says, oh, you, you were interested in beers? Come, why don't you come down? I have, we have so many beers. We have a whole um, world of beers for you to check out here. So why don't you just hop on the bus because it's just a six-hour, seven-hour bus ride, whatever, down to you know, Indiana. And uh, oh, was it Illinois? Illinois, I think. Either way, yeah. So I said, oh, sure, I'll take the bus. So I um, looked, went on the bus schedule, and a couple days later, I said I would take the bus. Now, in the meantime, because I planned the bus trip like a week after I had this conversation, I had already given this letter to the gallery. <laughs> and the day I was supposed to take the bus, I remember throwing on my backpack and getting ready to run out the door to the house, my house. And the letter had arrived, the return letter from this uh, Goshen Art School. I took the letter and I put it in my backpack and ran to get on the bus. And it didn't have any memory to open that letter while I was on the bus. So I'm on this whole six hour bus ride, staring out the window, looking at cows and looking at farms and uh, just, you know, enjoying the countryside as I rode down to Goshen, Illinois. And uh, when I got off the bus, this professor, Mary Oyer, was standing there at the bus stop with an Mbira in front of her, a Zimbabwean Mbira. And I said, oh, okay. And she said, oh, you're Kevin. I said, yeah, oh, you're Mary Oyer. Okay, great. So she says, come, come, get in the car. So I got in the car, and when I got in the car, I pulled a letter out from Goshen Art School, and I said, Mary, I got this letter back from you guys, but I didn't bother reading because I was going to come meet you anyway, so let me tell you what this letter says. And she says, who's this letter from? I said, Goshen Art School. And she says, that's not us. She said, <laughs> she said but you're in the right place. <laughs> That's what she said. She said, that's not us, but you came to the right place. <laughs> you were meant to be there. <laughs> this is so cosmic. Listen, so when I got into the campus, she had this collection of embarrassed. She had turned, turns out she had done a lot of uh, missionary work in Africa. And she had been back and forth and she was interested in beers. So she collected all these embarrassed and had them in storage in different places. So she had one collection at her place different styles from different parts of Africa. And so she let me look at all these instruments and listen to tuning and record the tunings. Then they had a library, a video library of videos of Mbira music and all this uh, informational Southern African music. So I was in the library. So I stayed there a couple of days. Uh, anyway, I went back to Detroit with a whole, just, a, just basically a whole new file of information to work with. And um, I was in Detroit building in beers now based on what I learned from in Goshen College. And then I get a call from her six months later, not maybe only like three or four months later, says, can you come down to this to Goshen College and be here as assistant to Ifat Mujeru? So I'm like, what? <laughs> assistant to Ifat Mujeru? So sure enough, um, I went down there. And I was assisting Ifat for uh, a, little, a, a little residency he was doing. It lasted, I think, about a week and a half. Um, but it was intense. And I uh, was literally like I was Ifat's assistant. So everything Ifat needed, I was there. I was there to, for the, all, all the workshops. 
But if I kept pulling me aside and telling me all these things and showing me all these things, you know, about the music. So um, it was a really special um, a time. It was a magical time. Um, and, uh, and from then on, I uh, launched into maybe, I would say, a whole new phase of my understanding of Mbira and my ability to build them and, uh, and the stories. And the stories, because one of the things I want to mention that I may have mentioned already is Mbira is, has got many um, extensions to it. So Mbira, I think I said this already, Mbira is not just an instrument. It, Mbira implies a lot of other things. So Mbira implies also songs, implies dancing, it implies the way the music is organized, it implies the spiritual world that accompanies the, the music, the mediums, the um, channeling, um, all these things are part of Mbira, which is why Mbira, and similar to the way yoga, yoga has eight branches, uh, but most of us think of yoga as being um, stretching on the floor. Uh -huh. Right, but yoga has these all these other branches, you know. Mbira is like that too. It, most of us think of Mbira as playing this instrument, but it's got all these other branches that you know expand just what Mbira means, you know. So did the, and did that is that the way that you came to experience it? So in other words, in in its original culture, yeah. it has all of these branches. Yeah. But here you are, you know, an American guy. You right. you've like you've you've got an interest in it in it you yeah. put your toe in the water and now yeah. all of a sudden it's like this download is happening right 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 well it's funny as you said is that the way i in other words that's the way that i definitely that's the way that i was being introduced to it because i was being introduced to it through a series of mysteries mm. you know a series of things that said wait a minute how is that happening why is it that every time i go to learn about these tunings. I'm finding all this money on the ground when I come back. You know, why is it that I go to this city for one purpose and suddenly Ifat is there? You know, why is it that uh, I go to this, uh, this woman to find out about some Kalimbas and she's got this connection and she's got all these, what's, you know, what's going on here? And so because that was, because that was so much involved with my path that I was immediately seeing this ancestral spirit mediumship going on. I was seeing that that was happening all around me. So, so let's make sense of it. Yeah. Kevin. I mean, what, what does that mean? Well, and you can kind of, you know, now you're this many years fast forwarded from when all of that happened. Right. Now let's look back on it and you know, what do you make of it? Well, I make of it that, as I said before, that uh, there are, those who will be called to do this and they will um, have things happen in their world in their life that will um, make it almost inevitable that they will be involved with this kind of music um, there are things that happen that will let you know while you're involved with the music that you have support and communion with ancestors. In other words, that will become as clear as a bell to you. <laughs> it will not be a maybe, it will not be a, well, uh, this is my hypothesis. It won't be, it'll be a very solid understanding. So do you, do you think that this is a genetic connection, uh, genetic spiritual connection with 
actual ancestors? Well, I don't think of it as a genetic spiritual connection. I think of it as a, as a, um, as a mystical force that was that set into motion for, it's been set into motion for thousands of years by some very um, expansive uh, spirits, some very expansive spirits who, and their energy, their energy that's setting forth, that's been set into motion, um, becomes um, attracted to, to certain, to channel through certain people. And it will, and I think this is true for, you know, and it can be true for anybody who gets involved with this instrument or it gets involved with this music or this, or this, this lifestyle that those energies, which are ancestral forces, will, will somehow or another start to work with that person, especially if that person is um, vibrating mm. on the, on, in, in, a, in, a, in a way that, that, uh, that can attract that or bring that, bring that frequency into their life. Uh, they're, if, they're, if they're somewhere where that frequency can find them or they can find that frequency, it's going to be in their life. Um, and so uh, me and my uh, teacher, uh, Ifat, used to talk about this in funny ways, we used to make jokes about it. Because Ifat was the same kind of person. He had all these mysterious things were happening, you know, around him. And, and then in my relationship with him, there were just too many mysterious things going on. Uh, and so it was, it was clear that, you know, we weren't just, this was not just a happenstance and we weren't just the only ones that were um, driving this, you know, th this, this thing. Um, we, I, the, one of the funniest stories I had with the effect was he uh, came to New York. He used to always call me when he came to New York. He'd say, I'm gonna be in New York in another day or two, or write me or something. And so he, uh, he says, I, he doesn't tell me, he just shows up in New York. At the time I was, um, a major like contributor and, and one of the um, directors of this big drum and dance school um, in downtown Manhattan called Ferretta. So if I knew where Ferretta was, so he came down to Ferretta, just surprising me. Um, and he was there hanging out. I said, if I, I walked around in the hallways of Ferretta, I saw him say, if I, what are you doing here? And he looks, he said, ah, yeah, I'm here just a few days. He said, I, I decided to surprise you. I'm here and I want to, you know, see this place because Freda was great. Had all this drumming and dancing going on all the time. Um, so anyway, he says, uh, so I said, so Ifat, where are you staying? You know, and he says, ah, I'll tell you where I'm staying. And he said, do you have paper? You know, he's going to, I'll write it down for you. So I had paper in my pocket. And so in fact, I had people give me their business cards and I used to save their business cards and write notes on the back of their business cards because it usually had blank side. So I pull out one of these business cards and had a blank side and I, I, um, I take the blank side and I said, if at here, um, tell me where you're staying and write it down. So he takes the card and he flips it around and he says, yeah, this is where I'm staying. <laughs> and he says, but you know, this stuff goes on with us all the time. You know, it turns out it was a business card I got from a fellow who I, I forgot meeting him, um, but he lived in New Jersey and I got it and I had his card in stack with a whole bunch of cards. So I pull his card out randomly 
And it just so happens that this is where he had to stay. <laughs> so another amazing synchronicity in that whole long there series. Just, there were just too many, too many amazing synchronicities. So, and Ifat used to say, well, Kevin, you know, this is the way things happen around us. It's going to happen like this, you know? So well, Kevin, you know, I, I hate to, I hate to fast forward through a big chunk of your life, but yes. we're getting towards the end and I still want to leave enough time for you to, to do a song for us. Right. So we're going to want to find out more about what you're doing now, yes. where you're performing, how people can, uh, experience it but maybe this would be a good time to jump into one more song if you don't mind okay sure i'll do that i'll do that um i'm gonna do a song that uh sort of upbeat i'm gonna go back to the key of f with this instrument that's in f i'm gonna let everybody hear it and this song is called uh butsu mutandari it's a very very popular song out of southern africa out of zimbabwe especially I'm going to do an interp interpretation of it that I call Rise Up. And the reason why I do this song a lot lately, just like I do the healing song, is because all over the world, people have been rising up. They're rising up on the issue of systemic injustice. And I want to encourage people to continue to rise up, but not just rise up externally, rise up internally. You know, let the let the rebellion happen inside um, and question all these things going on around us and what kind of uh, world that we live in and what kind of ways we can actually fix that, you know, right where we are, right where we stand, you know. So Rise Up is really about that. It's really about rising up internally and really being able to create this new world right there where you stand. <laughs> so here we go, Rise Up. Come on, people, let's rise up. 
rise up, come on people, let's rise up. Rise up, everybody, let's rise up. Rise up, come on people, let's rise up. Rise up, come on, tell your people in the hood, hey, something you know is good. Stop talking about what you're fighting. Start talking about what's exciting. Start talking about what's moving you. Start talking about what's grooving you. Start talking about what's making you. Get up, get on up, get up, get on up, get up, get on up. Cause if we want to give each other hope, our words are like a rope. They can pull everybody higher and everyone inspired. Well, that's basic science of mind, but it's not what you always find. So rise up, rise up and be true. Positive vibration. Rise up, rise up and be true. Positive vibration. So rise up, come on. Rise up, yay. Rise up, ooh. Rise up, yay. Rise up. Rise up, yay. Rise up, ooh. Rise up. Everybody rise on up, uh -huh. come on people rise on up, uh -huh. everybody rise on up, uh -huh. come on people rise on up. Uh -huh. All right. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Now, I know people are going to want more of that. So, <laughs> so what are you doing now, Kevin? Tell us about what, what you've been up to pre-COVID, what you're doing now, what's, yes. what's on the horizon. Yes. Well, um, I've been always involved with a lot of music, a lot of music groups, and a lot of solo productions, too. And, um, in New York, because not everybody listening to us is here in New York. Right, right. So, uh, by the way, that's yeah, in New York. Um, before the pre-COVID, pre, pre I was in Australia, actually, and I was playing music there for uh, the Fringe Festival. And I came back to New York to be totally, like, um, informed that everything was shut down from, this, uh, from the lockdown. So, as a result, I produce a music series every other week at Guided Riverside called Afro Roots Tuesdays. And we bring a lot of really great live music there. I perform there myself a lot. We have the greatest artists that come there and we feature them. Um, so that got, everything got shut down. So we moved that online. So we're on Zoom uh, every other Tuesday called Afro's Tuesdays. Uh, it's great on Zoom. Uh, we're able to do a little, slightly a little different uh, event. We do more like we're doing now, do more discussion along with the music. And it really gives a chance for people to get uh, into the ideas, you know, of the artists or the featured artists. Uh, so yeah, I'm doing that. Uh, I'm doing my own uh, healing meditation or, or music events, which uh, I'm doing, producing about every two or three weeks. They're calling Healing Mantras and Affirmations. And the reason why I'm doing that is because uh, my experience in music has shown me that uh, music is very much, no matter how you approach music, is very much about healing mantras and affirmations. Even if you're not doing lyrics, if you're just playing melodies, it's still very much about healing mantras and affirmations. That healing mantras and affirmations can be right in the melody because a melody can be voiced in such a way that it has a healing mantra effect or it has a healing affirmation effect. Um, so yeah, 
I've, I've, I've started doing those because now is the time to really bring as much healing to this planet as we can in whatever way possible. Um, and I realized that, that if I would produce these events, it would give people a chance or a, a, a way to connect with that um, idea of using music in, the, in a way into which produce healing mantras and affirmations. Um, and, you know, and, and to not necessarily have to worry about whether you are a musician, um, because uh, as I say all the time, uh, everything about you is musical. Um, your life and your body and your breath and your heartbeat is all music. So uh, you, by default, are in the world of music. You have to be um, invo involved in that world because that's how you live. Um, and so there's no comparison here. There's no better than, worse than. What, is, what to understand is that, that the musician that is in you, that is telling you that is, is all the time how to live, how to be, whether you like something, whether you don't like something, all that's the musician inside of you. And that's the musician everyone has to get in touch with, you know, and realize that that's a music that you can play too. And that's a music that you can play that will heal you, heal you all the time and heal others too. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really what I've been doing, producing these events every, about every two or three weeks too. I have another one coming up on the 27th of June and that's going to be via Zoom too. Um, so yeah, and, and, and other than that, uh, Afro Roots, those events, and then working with some of the uh, festivals that are now online too, like Heart and Mind Festival and things like that. Now, how can our listeners find out about what you're doing week by week? Well, there's a couple ways to do it. They can also find me on Facebook as Kevin Nathaniel, because I, 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 put a, I post it all on Facebook. I have um, an, a mailing list. Um, feel free to send me an email at Kevin Mbira, <coughs> sorry, Kevin Mbira at hotmail.com. So you just take, can you spell the, Kev, spell that out please. So everybody sure. knows K E V I N M B I R A at hotmail.com. Yeah. So it's like you take the word Mbira, you put Kevin in front of it, Kevin Mbira <laughs> at hotmail.com and you, you'll reach me. And as soon as you reach me, I'm, I'm going to put you on the mail list so that you make sure, so that you get all that information. I share some of it on Instagram too. I'm not as, as uh, Instagram savvy yet to, to figure out how to put links on Instagram, but I'll figure it out eventually. But I do share it on Instagram. And, and on Instagram, if, the, if you look up Kevin Nathaniel Healing, you'll find me. Just put those three words, those, those three together, Kevin Nathaniel Healing, you'll find me on Instagram. And I encourage everybody to do exactly that because I am a fan personally. I've been to Kevin's events in person i've been to his zoom events and i hope everybody will get involved because it's it's all participatory and that's what's so great about it is that you know as a, a person going to it i'm not just there passively attending he does everything to encourage people to jump in and be a part of it so it's a, a real group experience so kevin i i think the world of you and what you do so thank you thank for you being so with us now. It's a real pleasure. Thank you so much. What a pleasure and honor to be here. And thanks everybody for listening. See you next time. This has been Cultures of Health and Healing with Robert Fetter. Thanks for listening. Please remember to subscribe and rate this show and share it with others.
Until next time, remember, your health and healing matter, and you can find your own unique path to optimum wellness.